Hello, everyone. My name is Trent Matthew, and with me is... Michael Greenwood. And we're just a couple of normal guys, but um, there is something very different about us, and that that is that our sexuality hasn't exactly turned out the way that it should, certainly not the way that we wanted it to, and that is the fact that we are both attracted to children. Some people would label us as pedophiles, but we're here just to talk to you about what we've learned, what we've realized, and what God has done for us. So even though we have these feelings and these desires, we're both Christians, we both love and serve the Lord, we choose to follow His law and not to act on our feelings. Both of us are not in any way pro-relationships between adults and children. We believe strongly that this is wrong. So now, in this episode, we're going to talk about the question, is it right, can it ever be right for a relationship in a romantic or sexual way to exist between an adult and a child. Um, so now I'm going to pass it over to you, Michael, and you're going to continue this discussion for us. All right. Thanks, Tren. Yeah, this question has been on our minds since we started this podcast. The question of whether it can ever be okay between an adult and a child is something that a person who is attracted to minors must face on a daily basis. It's an important question. The research shows, the, the functional MRI studies, that often what we feel towards children, the feelings themselves are typical sexual attraction and romance. The brain is reacting the way that a typical person might toward an adult of the opposite sex. It's just that the target of these feelings is wrong. There's something broken there. So, hmm. We can end up falling in love even. The brain images are very similar. So a person who's attracted to minors must contend with those feelings on a daily basis and say, no, well, how am I going to respond? So we need strong answers to take that daily stand. And it's, it's for our own selves and then also for the children around us, for them as well. We, we need to know why. And so mm. I want to define this question more clearly. Can an adult-child relationship be done in such a way that it's healthy and beneficial for the child? Now, the reason why I'm asking that is because I think we'd all agree that violence is certainly wrong to begin with. We just don't need to debate mm. that. But for every pedophile who's attracted to minors, that question wiggles its way into their mind saying, ah, if I'm just gentle, I, and it's something the child agrees to, can it be hmm. okay? And so that is the question. Hmm. Like if there's no harm in violence, then what's the problem sort of thing? Yeah. Let's have a look at some of the arguments that people can use, because there are a lot of um confusion that's going on, a lot of muddying of the water. So let's just sort of clarify that. So some of the things that people say is, well, children are sexual beings, so therefore, why is it harmful? And secondly, they can say, well, children are aware of their own sexuality and sometimes engage in, you know, sexual play with, with each other. And thirdly, that adults educate children in all sorts of ways. So why can't adults, you know, practically educate kids sexually by engaging with them? And lastly, people say that, well, there's all kinds of cultures that are past, present, that have been accepting of relationships between adults and children, you know, 
one just thinks of ancient Greece and several other cultures. So if all these other cultures are doing it, how come, you know, maybe it's just our Western mindset that's all not right. So these are a lot of arguments to sort of come across. And what we'd like to do is go through them systematically, look at what the evidence says and look at what God says as well. So, Michael, we're going to talk a bit about human development now, aren't we? Yes, there is the reality of human development. And I believe that that answers a lot of those suggestions of why it could be okay. Now, if you're listening to this and you're attracted to minors, please hear us out. I'm not trying to throw a blanket statement and be done. Uh, Please follow this train of thought. Humans do not develop in a straight line, linear fashion. We don't just go from being small people to big people. The way we're created is that we develop along milestones, language acquisition, socialization, puberty. That's when their body prepares for sex and their mind prepares for romance. And this is a big deal. There's a lot that goes on during puberty And I want to just highlight some of these things so you can get a bit of perspective on it. A good gauge is that a woman's body is not fully ready to bear children until the late teenage years or early 20s. So that gives us a bit of a marker. But it's not just the body, though. It's the mind as well. You see, when we start out young, a lot of our engagement has to do with concrete facts and feelings. The prefrontal cortex of the brain is not fully developed. That's the part of our brain that thinks abstractly, that makes decisions that look at the whole picture. You see, what happens in puberty are two specific changes that happen to the prefrontal cortex. One is called myelinogenesis. (laughs) See, I might say uh, myelination is the myelogenesis. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Trent. That's a fun uh, word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, myelination. That's the process where the neurons in that part of the brain start to get coated with a fatty material that allows them to organize efficiently. So prior to that, it's sort of like a back roads network. But during puberty, highways start channeling through that neural network and understanding and perspective develop. It creates the ability for abstract thinking, to anticipate outcomes, to understand how your actions will impact your life story. All that happens to a person during the teenage years. A second change is the neurotransmitter GABA starts to develop more strongly in the prefrontal cortex. When GABA gets stronger during the teenage years, a person gains a more steady response to emotions and impulse control. That allows a person to better understand how their actions and choices will achieve what they want. That's where romance, the capacity for romance emerges, where a person says, I choose this romantic relationship and I know how it's going to impact my story. All of this, all this capacity, develops during puberty, but, but, but before that, it's not even there. It's not even there. And what's there is what we typically refer as the innocence of youth, that childish playfulness, naivety. This brain development continues actually until the mid-20s. That's when we really have our adult brain. And so no argument changes this fact of human development. 
before puberty, these capacities have not happened. When we ask a child to be involved in a sexual romantic relationship prior to having that capacity, the answer is actually pretty clear. It exposes them to choices that they're not ready to make. There's emotions that swirl around without any resolution because it's like, what box does a child put it in? Is it like going to a carnival? Is it like a, a, a scary movie? Or is it like a secret between friends? You see, none of those boxes capture what it means to be in a romantic sexual relationship, but those are the only boxes the child has yet. Their brain simply hasn't developed any other bo the right boxes. It causes a mm -hmm. fracturing in their relationships with others in their lives because there's just, it's just not a fit. How does that fit with parents or with teachers? No conclusion. And then it opens the door to choices into their future they might not be ready to make. Uh, Trent, we have some statements. Yeah, sure. So we collected a bunch of statements just to sort of show people what it's like to see things through the eyes of someone who has been abused. These statements are collected from the website rain.org. So that's R-A-I-N-N.org. So Aline says this. She says, there was always that darkness inside of me, yet I didn't know the root cause of it all. The floodgates of my memory opened. I spent most of my 20s in a lot of pain trying to find my way out. Brian says, when I was younger, I didn't want anyone to be mad at me. I didn't want my abuser to be mad at me. I felt shame for years because not all of what I experienced was painful. When you're exposed to such a sexual activity in your formative years, it complicates so many things. And Stephanie says, when everything happened to me, I dealt with it as best as I could. I acted normal, was a good student. My parents didn't have any idea. I kept pretending everything was fine. I put it to the back of my mind. It was something I had to keep to myself for so long. It really molded a lot of my thoughts, my feelings, my behaviors. It was this huge burden. Cheryl says, it wasn't a convenient time to tell or to disclose something that horrific. I had two loving, hard-working, supportive parents, but I still felt added pressure to stay quiet. I hit adolescence and the hormones from puberty definitely didn't help. The memories became crazy overwhelming. I couldn't handle it. I didn't know how to ask for help. I took a handful of pills. I didn't want to deal with it anymore. It was like being in a war zone where you constantly feel like you're under attack. I woke up and was still here, so I thought. I guess I'll keep going a little while longer. And Tania says, It has lurked in the shadows of every important decision I've made throughout my life, both the good as well as the bad. It becomes the lens through which I misjudged others, source of mistrust, the wellspring of shame. I did not disclose these crimes until I was 21, with little to no emotional support, and after years of struggle, during which I dropped out of high school and made numerous regretful life choices. I earned an MFA and became established as a visual artist. End quote. What's kind of ironic is that a good number of people find our website because they're searching for erotic pedophile stories. And if you're looking for pedophile stories, these are them. These are the real stories. 
So, because of how human development works is why a sexual relationship between an adult and a child is unhealthy and harmful for the child. It really knocks everything out of kilter, doesn't it? All right, now some people might be asking though, what about children engaging in sex play with each other, you know, like when they play doctors or so on? Well, yes, obviously this does happen. But at least here, there's kind of an equal naivety in this sense. Both of the people involved are children. And even then, a good portion of harmful sexual abuse happens when an older child takes advantage of a younger child. Now, usually when this happens, though, adults step in and provide boundaries. They're able to talk about this stuff with their children if they catch their kids doing this sort of thing. But when this doesn't happen, though, children might quickly face consequences that they aren't, aren't even ready for. A second reason why uh, a relationship between an adult and a child is not good is that it's also unequal. Even if a child says yes, he or she really doesn't understand what they're agreeing to, what the impact on their life story would be. If a child does not yet fully possess their sexuality, how can they give it away? How can they, with an informed choice, give themselves away when they don't fully possess that yet? And they don't understand the value of it either. And that's why the law says that a child cannot consent to a sexual relationship. The thing is that sexuality and romance is an incredible, valuable, and important part of life. Each of us has been given that gift of sexuality and to use it in a way that they choose but if i approach a child and ask them to share that gift with me they don't understand it the same way they don't understand how it's going to impact their life story there's not an equal footing it's almost like i'm tricking them or robbing them taking it from them when they don't know what it is that they're giving away therefore not only is it unhealthy because of the developmental reasons it's also morally wrong because there's not that equality. The adult is in a position of authority. They're bigger. They're financially capable. They can make choices in society. They have the knowledge and life experience. And that inequality, that power imbalance can never be removed from that relationship. To say it again, the child doesn't possess their sexuality. How can they give it away? Now, some people might say, but aren't adults supposed to educate children? I mean, we have sex ed set up in schools. But yes, adults should educate and guide children in healthy life experiences. I mean, there are life experiences that are age appropriate. Like a 40-year-old man cannot teach a four-year-old child how to drive a car, for example. Some things are just age appropriate. You know, children can't serve in the military. They don't understand what war is and they can't deal with all of these emotional consequences and so on. Uh, so some of these activities require a great deal of maturity in order for them to be appropriate. And sexual activity is one of those things that needs a fully developed mind and body. So being sexually involved with a child is the complete opposite of what an adult should do to educate a child about sexuality. Instead, rather, the adult should model uh, healthy boundaries that show that sexuality is special and reserved for married adults. I'd like to also address the question of cultures. 
because there have been cultures in the past and there are some present that have a more lenient view of an adult-child relationship. But what we've shown here about human development and also equality is that there are some very definite issues. And the role of a society is to promote the good of the individuals in that society. And I, I will say that a society is only so good as it cares for those who are weakest. And Trent, as you, you had told me earlier, there's societies that are cannibals. So, yeah. so we're willing to say that some societies are wrong. And yeah. children are some of the most vulnerable. And they're right to their own sexuality to choose for themselves once they're capable of choosing, which is after puberty. The society that protects that's the good society. And I've heard some people say in a goofy way, well, some children develop earlier, there's no magic age. Well, yes, there is a magic age. It's called puberty. I think it should also be pointed out that a relationship between an adult and a child is also damaging for the adult as well. The internet is full of stories of people who've killed themselves after the warm and fuzzy feelings have faded, like after the desire is gone, thinking of the child that they supposedly loved, knowing that they created a turmoil that the child must now face. As great as everything may feel in the moment, we have to recognize that children don't stay children forever. They grow up into adults and they're going to look back on this experience. And, you know, this is what happens when, when, when charges start getting pressed is when people grow up and they look back, they realize what happened to them. Uh, but another reason why it's harmful, though, is because it also stops adults from forming healthy relationships with other adults. If you're focused on kids, then you're going to cut out your friends. You're going to cut out your family. Everything else is going to seem completely boring compared to a relationship that you have with this or that child. And what you're doing is you're creating like this little fantasy world that you can get lost in like this emotional attachment type bubble. It's, it's not even the real world. It's, it's like a substitute reality, really, that you can get brought up in where it's just you and the child and nothing else in the world really exists. And, and that's not true. That's a lie. It doesn't matter how you feel towards this person. Like Eventually, reality is going to catch up with you. You're, you're going to have a hard fall in the end. And it's a tragedy when these things happen. Even if there is no sexual relationship, someone realizes that there's a weird kind of relationship happening people file a complaint you know you can lose your job you can lose your friends your sense of community your connection with the rest of society you can become isolated all these things can happen so it's like we're, we're saying this not just for for the sake of the child but we're also saying this for, for your own sake as well don't create these relationships don't start these fantasy worlds don't get caught up in all this infatuation because in the end it's just all going to end up in pain and the bible in the bible apparently god has strong feelings about children he says that children are a, a heritage a gift from the lord that's in psalm 127 3 and jesus himself said let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these that's Matthew 19.14. And in Matthew 18.10, he says, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. So we can be certain that God loves children, loves them very much. 
yet on the other side, God also says some scary things, some things to warn us, and some things to rebuke us. In Luke 17, verses 1 to 3, it says, There'll always be temptations to sin, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? So I guess in that sense, it's like, if you're the one who, who tempts someone else to sin, if that comes through you, it's not going to turn out well at all. Mark 9.42 says, If anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. You see, God takes it personally. He deals with people who cause children to sin. He deals with people who lead children in the paths that they should not go, in the ways that they should not walk. In 1 Timothy 5.24, it says the sins of some were obvious, reaching the place of judgment ahead of them, the sins of others trail behind them. So in that sense, it's like, you know, some, some things are just obvious, right? But there are some sins that you might think that you can get away with them, even if there are people who might get away with stuff, even if they die in their sleep peacefully, people still have to give an account for every action to God. Even if you get away with stuff in this life, you will still face judgment. When we look at a child, we have to remember that they're not just a boy or just a girl, as if that were some sort of static creature. It's a stage of development. That boy or that girl represents an entire life, baby, child, teenager, adult. Too often in our fantasies, we create like a still image the child and I, the child enjoying it, not recognizing that it's unhealthy and harmful to the child because of how human development works and, and not recognizing that we're in this position of authority. We're making this happen because it can never be equal. The child can't give away their sexuality. They don't possess it yet. We don't have to be bad people. And in fact, we can be very good people if we put our care and love of others, even loving children, above our own feelings by not engaging in inappropriate behavior. It's a noble thing to be a person attracted to minors who chooses to honor God and chooses to put the welfare of children above their own feelings. It is a daily sacrifice on our behalf. It is a daily choice. There's nothing wrong with it being a daily challenge. It just reaffirms the people who we are, who we want to be, our choice to love God. So if you're out there and if you're struggling, please contact us and either Trent or myself will get back to you. Our email is support at christianpedophile.com. You can find that along with other articles and our earlier podcasts on our website christianpedophile.com. Thanks for listening. We are praying for all of you guys. Please keep hoping. Please keep trusting. Goodbye. Bye.